We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Red and Buried podcast. I'm Frankie. I'm Sarah. And today we are joined for a holly jolly chat with the marvellous Susie Holiday. Well, SJI Holiday, I well, should yes, say. Yes, I do have two names just to confuse people. You go by many <laughs> names. What do the J and I stand for? They if you don't stand mind me for my full name is Susan Jennifer. Well, it's no holiday, but it was Ingalls, which was my maiden name. So I kept it as season because my dad was most upset that I didn't publish under Ingalls. But the reason for that is that no one, when it's written, people don't say it right. So it has annoyed me all my life. So I just decided that I would use my married name. How do they say it? Inglis. Is it spelled oh. I-N-G-L-I-S? So obviously if you read it, it's Inglis. But yeah, you can say Ingalls like Pringles or you can say like Little House on the Ferry. <laughs> well, I kind of got fed up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Pe- people are very stupid. <laughs> is the problem? And uh, then I married a stupid name. I had one that people could say before, and now I I, I don't. So um, you've done it the right way around, at least. Good job. And your name is so fitting for your new book. Yeah. When, the, when I did the first one, the um, when it got sent to shops and stuff, they were like, "Is that her name?" It's like, yeah, "That is my name." Like everyone else <laughs> is changing their name to make it a Christmas name, like Chris Frost. Oh, he's coming <laughs> on soon. But mine, that's my real yep. name. But it's got two L's. But you know, still holiday, still Holly holiday. We'll just be sure to call him an absolute fraud <laughs> when he comes on for that. <laughs> what a phony! But as as usual, we've got a little bio for you that Sarah's going to read and say her catchphrase now of... Yes, full disclaimer, Frankie wrote this. So if anything's wrong, direct all complaints to her. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. <laughs> and let's see, I can't do a worse job of this than I did with um, one recently. Anymore. So yeah, poor Ian Moore. Moore, <laughs> it was a, a book that was set in France. There were a lot of French <laughs> words and names oh. in it. It was quite something. <laughs> I butchered <laughs> it on every level. Even the English words at the end were gone. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this will go better. <laughs> Susie S.J.I. Holiday is a Scottish writer of dark fiction. She cut her teeth on flash fiction and short stories and was shortlisted for the inaugural CWA Marjorie Allingham Prize in 2014. She's the acclaimed author of the creepy and claustrophobic Bank Toon trilogy, Blackwood, Willow Walk and The Damselfly, the festive serial killer, Thriller, The Deaths of December, <laughs> the supernatural mystery, The Lingering, a psychological thriller set on the Trans-Siberian Express, Violet and a horror novella, Mr. Sandman. Her next two novels, The Last Resort and Substitute, contains a speculative science edge and her post-pandemic thriller, The Hike, is another, like Violet, to feature travel adventures that go horribly wrong. Her 10th novel, The Street, took her back to her Scottish roots with a brand new housing development hiding sinister secrets. Her latest novel sees the return of D.I. Eddie Carmine and D.S. Becky Green in The Party Season, a seasonal tale of revenge. Described as a cracking Christmas crime thriller for the festive season, Perfect for fans of Lisa Jewell, C.L. Taylor and Alex Pine, the party season celebrates the most deadly time of year. The festive season is in full swing. Parties, mistletoe and Christmas crackers abound. In a hotel bar, a woman approaches you. Her party dress glitters with sequins. What you don't know is that your life is now in her hands. And now that you've met, there's only one thing that will determine whether you live or die. Are you a good person? Are you really? Da-da-da. 
<laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Outside of writing, Susie works as a clinical research stas- <laughs> you know, I practiced this word earlier. <laughs> Third right. time's a charm. Yep. Outside of writing, Susie works as a clinical research statistician. Oh, fucking, I give up. Susie, right. how do you say it? Statistician. <laughs> Stat- statistician. Outside of writing, Susie works as a clinical research statistician. She divides her time between London and Edinburgh, loves travelling, long walks, 80s music, and trying to scare herself with horror movies. She is also delightfully lovely, funny, kind, and is always a true pleasure to spend any time with. Wow. I'm never going to say that word again. Right now, Susie, pronounce your job title correctly, please. <laughs> Statistician. It's a bit of a mouthful. Yes. It is a mouthful. Okay. Yeah, that. there's a lot of T's and S's. Yeah. Anyway, was that all correct? <laughs> Yes, that was mostly from my website, I believe, apart from the nice bit at the end where Frankie just said I was great. So that was nice. I might add that bit to my website, in fact. <laughs> yeah. If you want a quote, a pull quote for your website, <laughs> no. that was, I, I, I took that from Goodreads. No, I, I did write that. But there is lots of nice stuff about you on Goodreads. Is though. there? Well, I don't go there, so I wouldn't know. But yeah. yeah. Not. That's oh, an well. achievement to have a positivity on good yeah good buzz for the new book already oh, well that's good i actually i uh, i i broke my own rule the other day and had a look on netgalley i never ever look on these sites ever ever but i just had a feeling that they they were good so i was happy with that because what normally happens is some meanie from ohio gives me a one star <laughs> like on the day it comes out and that's it meanies from ohio the worst <laughs> but it's all true in the bio i've had the pleasure this is why you my usual Susie and I met at Harrogate intro where, yeah, we met last Harrogate, not last Harrogate, the Harrogate before, my first ever yep. Harrogate I met you at. And you're so lovely and funny and we had a good old laugh. But yes, so it's, I was so excited to have you on finally after knowing you for a while. And wow, Susie, what a catalogue of books you've written. What mm-hmm. yeah. impressive selection. It's quite a mix. I mean, you definitely couldn't say that I was pigeonholed. I mean, <laughs> every single one is different, even the ones that are linked. Like, So the first three are all set in the same place and they have a recurring character. And But even those books are quite different from each other. And then there's a lot of standalones. There's ones that have got supernatural bits, sci-fi bits, Christmas murdery bits, uh, everything really. I just uh, I don't think I can yeah. stick to just one one thing. Well, well it shows your diversity and like how, how talented you are to write across so many different categories. <laughs> Genres, so. Yeah, I was so excited when we got a copy of your newest book, The Party Season, because I love a festive thriller. Oh, it's good. probably my favourite subgenre ever. Yeah, well, the thing is, so when good. I when I wrote the so I wrote the first one, I wrote the first one with these characters a few years ago. Actually, came out in twenty seventeen, and so this one, although it has, you can read it as a standalone, like they're completely separate. But the um, the idea behind the first one came from the editor at Holder that I was working with, and. The remit was that they wanted something really dark and the opposite of all the nice cosy Christmas. Let's sit around the fire and do and and even like there's cosy mysteries at Christmas as well, which are kind of there might be someone dead, but it's all very nice and they're still kind of like you know mulled wine. But yeah. she was like, no, I want something really dark, really murdery, like you know violent. So I was like, yes, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> here i am and this one is very similar yes. this one so this one i originally wanted to write it straight after the other one and have it out the following year but for various reasons that didn't happen but i could not get rid of this idea because i really desperately wanted to write it i just the character of the party girl was just someone i really mm. wanted to write 
And also I really loved the detectives that I created and I had lots of feedback about those because they're quite yeah. wisecracky and funny and, you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of on-off, will-they-won't-they type stuff, but mostly yes. they're just kind of, they become mates and um, just kind of wanted, I quite like writing them because I can kind of imagine that if I was friends with them. I don't normally get that in my books because mo- most of my books, the standalones, are all full of really horrible people. And there's no one <laughs> in those, any of them that I would want to be friends with. So it's quite a change to write some stuff to have the nice people and have the kind of the evil people. Or are they evil or just are they misunderstood is the question. Yeah, yeah. I think from from knowing you in a very limited capacity, unfortunately, but from knowing you, I felt like they were, Eddie and Becky were like your humour. They felt very much like representation of you and and like how you are, your nature. And I have to say on Goodreads, people love them oh, that's good. and very much enjoy the will they, won't they kind of feel that's kind of simmering yeah. away throughout the book. I think that's something that's always really popular in, in books like this. You know, I'm sure you've read Jane Casey's Mm. And that's her massive selling point is the situation between the leads. And it's like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? But what's interesting is sometimes you you don't want to ever make it happen because then it sort of spoils mm. the magic. So I think you Miles have to get Daphne. the thing of doing it for long enough, but also giving the satisfaction. Because I mean, I think the other the other duo I had was my first three books, but she wasn't in the first book, but in the second end of the second book, and a female character came in that became sort of the potential of the Becky of those books. And again, I really enjoyed right, that, that side because it's like you're writing proper relationship stuff and people getting to know each other and, you know, like just imagining real life situations. And that's kind of the fun part because, yeah, I realised that I write a lot of dark people. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of comments from um, of the hike, especially where I've got four dark people up a mountain and um, two of them come back. And most people are like, you should have just killed them all. They're all awful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's kind of true. It's like, are any of them actually good people? Probably not. But it's fun. I like. I think I just do tend to write naturally quite dark characters. And if I don't write dark, then I go funny. So that's something. There's no yeah. middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to ask, not to get ahead of ourselves, because we haven't even discussed the party season yet. But will there be perhaps another book with Eddie and Becky? Well, yes, I hope so because I'm writing it now. Oh good. Excellent. <laughs> yes, there's there's one plan for next Christmas as well. So yes, definitely. Brilliant. I love that they're your Christmas detectives. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah so the thing is though, um I think when also when I wrote the first one, I did kind of think they'll come back again, but it won't be at Christmas. I just thought this will be the kickoff and then they'll come back and do non-Christmassy things. But then sort of realised that they, you know, the publisher's like, no, they have to come back every Christmas. And like, what do they do the rest of the year? Just <laughs> like Santa. Santa. I don't know. I watch Netflix and stuff. I don't know what. <laughs> but it means that every time I'm coming back, something probably quite major has happened in the life around that, like the world that they're in, because it's not just like two weeks later, there's another case. It's like, it's a whole year later. So you know, from the first one to the second one. Yeah, what's happened yeah, in their relationship in between? That's like quite a few years. This one's only going to be one year, so it's less, but there's still going to be stuff. And there's stuff that was kind of dropped into that book that might pop up again in another book, you know, without it being, I don't want it to be that you could feel like you couldn't read them out of order because I want it to be mm. that you could pick any of them up, but you might be intrigued by something that happened and then go back and go, oh, what's yeah. the main story of that? So that's what I've tried to do. Yeah. Well, we would recommend reading all of them, though, because you get that amazing sort of subplot of Eddie and Becky. Yes. Of the so relationship. Yeah. I, I love Eddie and Becky, but I also, 
I'm fascinated by the party girl. Wearing sequins, which you are right now. Yes, I am. They're odd. (laughs) So maybe odd in character. (laughs) So you said she's been on your mind for a while. Where did she come from? I don't really know where she came from. I just had an idea of I wanted to write a female killer, but not... I mean, all... In most cases in real life, female killers are are either, it's usually revenge or or money. I think those are the two main things. They're not like your normal male serial killers that are usually like sexually motivated and, and really brutal. It's very different. So I wanted to be mm. kind of true to the kind of things that women would do. So yeah, it's very much revenge based. And also she's kind of non-violent at the start. But, they, <laughs> but I mean, everyone escalates, don't they? So sure. it was kind of, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be believable that you think that someone could, for the reason that she does what she does, is she's pushed to that and she thinks this is the only way that she can really get some sort of justice. I mean, it's not. She could have just gone to the police and told them what's happened and said, maybe you can investigate this. But that'd be a very short book. and uh, Yeah, and a boring, boring. book as so, well. Yeah, yeah, that's never what happens. It's like, you know, when you're watching something and you go, oh, for God's sake, why didn't they just go to the police? It's like, well, because then the film would be finished after 10 minutes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah, so she's kind of complex. She's got, I think, very good justified reasons for being who she is. And, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to talk about her too much without giving anything away. Yeah. Yeah, she was a fun part to write, definitely. Yeah, that's the thing. To find out those parts that Susie's alluding to, you have to read the book. <laughs> But I mean, we can talk about, without it being too much spoiler, the opening chapter, yeah. which is absolutely hooked me in straight away, uh, where you follow the party girl crashing an office party of a law firm. And the thing is, everything she's saying, she's completely relatable. Like all the things she's thinking, the observations she's making, mm. how gross drunk old men are, like she totally is capturing all of it. And then it just takes a little turn at the end there, you're like... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I mean, I work in a. I, I work from home now, and I have done for years. But before that, when I started off as a statistician, as a statistician, statistician. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did work in offices for years and years, and was um, privy to the yeah. office party. So the ones where lots of people book out one place, and different offices are in one big place, and um, you go there and usually get very drunk, very inappropriate stuff happens, carnage usually, and then people talk about it until Christmas and then come January, it's all forgotten. And um, I wanted to bring that kind of environment in because I just thought it was really fun. And it's also really easy to imagine that in that situation, someone can just walk in off the street and you wouldn't know because you've got people from different companies, everyone's in, in dress, you know, flashy dress and mingling in amongst different bars, walking different places. But like wedding crashing, that sort of thing as well. You can just, you can do it. You can just, you just got to be brazen and just walk in and, and get yourself in there. And that's what she does. And I thought this is fun because no one knows this. People, everyone will assume that she works for them or she works for another company or that's in there, whatever. It's a perfect disguise yeah. for that kind of thing. And I also like the, the idea of her having a very normal life outside of that and sort of the two sides of her so that people, um, you know, it's not major spoiler to say that you do find out kind of who she is fairly quickly. But the point is, the police don't know who she is. And yeah. so they're trying to find her. But um, you're then, as a reader, I think, watching her two sides going, oh, my God, what is she up to? Because you don't really know. You don't know straight away what's why she's doing it. Then when you do sort of find stuff out, you think, OK, and I think you can sympathise with her. But, um, you know, she's got mm. a lot to put up with. She's She's also got a boyfriend who's not very good and you know that sort of 
storyline as well, which was fun. So yeah, it's just like lots of elements of bad people or good people doing bad things mixed with bad people who are doing bad things who don't even know they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. I love a killer that I sympathise with. Which maybe that says something about me psychologically. I don't know. You've yeah, covered a that many times. killer. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And, but as you say, like, even the question that's posed in the synopsis is, are you a good person? Mm. Is a very nuanced kind of question, really, because as you, is everyone all bad? Is everyone all good? You know, the party girl does some very bad things, but when you know her and you find out more of her story, as you say, you empathize and you relate. So you're a bit like, She's not all bad. I mean, she's quite bad. It's quite bad what she does. She's okay. But as you say, you can look at it and kind of go, I kind of of get why she's doing it. But a wonderful grey area that you've explored and kind of really brought to life. I've done that before, I think, with that whole good, bad thing. Because in my Mm. book, Substitute, that's one where you have to choose three people to save and replace them with people that you don't like. And so that's a great game because you start thinking like, which three people would I pick? And um, it's really difficult for anyone with a family with two children because then they're like, okay, someone's not surviving this. Who's the least favourite child? Yeah. (laughs) The thing about that is you pick three people because you think these are the people that are the best people and I choose them. But then you find out, actually, maybe they're not good people. Mm. Oh, and I have picked them. And so you've got that, that you don't always know if someone's a good person because you can think that you know someone and then you find something out that, tips everything on its head and changes how you think about them. And I think that's quite an interesting thing to explore in in books because you just, that's also really real life, isn't it? You know, how often do you meet someone, you think you know them and then find out they're a serial killer, you know, it happens all the time to me. It's a, you know, problem. (laughs) That might say something about the company you're keeping, (laughs) but no judgment. But but it's true. I often think as well, when, often when, a serial killer is revealed, you know, written about, they'll say like, oh, he was so nice and quiet. His neighbours mm. all said he was so nice and everything. And you think, part of you goes, can't have been that, surely you could have seen. But people like, especially psychopaths, can really curate what you see yeah. and really, you know, make the package as appealing as possible. So you don't see all of the horrible stuff that's lurking beneath the surface. Yeah, well, there's many of those. I mean, all American examples, <laughs> they're very, very, Ted Bundy yeah. is very charming psychopath and even Jeffrey yep. Dahmer like was kind of like pretty unassuming kind of guy and you know you wouldn't really think that of him and yeah it's uh, I think that's the thing about psychopaths and uh, but then the thing is is the party girl a psychopath I don't know if she actually is I think no, she's more it's more I don't of think a, she is. a thing that she's chosen to do she does have she has morals and she's doing it for a reason she's not just going out there indiscriminately choosing to no. kill men it's not that's not what she's doing no sort of what she's doing that's not what (laughs) (laughs) there's more to it than that it's complicated yeah yeah (laughs) i don't think she's a psychopath she's misguided Mm. perhaps is she well i mean sarah you would (laughs) as susie we have a i love to tell people how the one time sarah said to me i'm really good at manipulating people so sarah is probably a psychopath fairly certain um sociopath yeah okay a, pa- a path of some kind that just means you've no, killed I... anyone yet doesn't it it's not much different like yet <laughs> yeah not that we know of yeah she's nice not an empath person, that's for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> just very anyway. good at manipulating people yes <laughs> moving on 
So one of the regular questions that we like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is, if you had to be a character from one of your books, who would you be and why? And you've got a wealth to choose from. So yeah, yeah well, I did think about this in quite a lot of detail because as I said it earlier, most of my characters are pretty horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's Becky. I think it's Beck. I think yeah. Becky is who say. I would be. I think Becky yeah. is sort of me, but she's younger, she's prettier, she's funnier, <laughs> and she's a cop. And so I always wanted to be a police, and I didn't because I wanted to be a detective. I didn't want to be like beat police, and I didn't want to have mm, to yeah. do all the fitness tests and all that stuff. <laughs> I just wanted to be like in the office and going around thinking you know, thinking and do, you know doing that stuff so but putting string on boards and tying them together yes, and stuff yes. yeah like the important work and interviewing no, I agree. people and just you know being generally very clever I didn't want to be like you know having to chase after kids who'd knocked over bins and stuff wasn't really up to that. <laughs> so yeah so if I could be anyone I think it would be Becky because I think she's just kind of living my best life and also she is um she's a fan of McDonald's which is not a bad thing and she's no. particularly a fan of breakfast McDonald's. So, you know, there's, there is a bit of me in Becky there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do love a sausage and egg McMuffin. Oh, yeah, so- well, I was going to say, totally random. Yeah. What's your McDonald's breakfast of choice, Susie? It's sausage. It's sausage and egg McMuffin. It can't be anything else. If you have a bacon one, there's something wrong with you. Completely. <laughs> completely. They're just not the same. Oh. And if you get anything but a hash brown with it, are you oh, are you crazy? Oh my god, why would you? Like, what would you have? Carrot sticks for breakfast? I take one controversial thing about the breakfast, and apparently, I didn't think it was controversial, but apparently, my husband gives me grief every time. With my sausage and egg muffin, I really like to have the sweet and sour sauce. Oh, that is a bit odd. Oh, it works. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it works. Next time, try it, and you'll see. I'm not sure about that. I'm not a fan of sweet and sour sauce generally. It's not proper sweet and sour sauce because it's McDonald's yeah. in my little tub, <laughs> uh, but it, it it works really well, I promise. But I guess my that's my top tip. Uh, well, I like that we're talking about McDonald's because actually when I was editing this book and we needed a couple more scenes of Eddie and Becky, my editor was like, why don't you take them to McDonald's again? Like, they clearly like it. Yes. And like, <laughs> I mean, that does, that's the opening scene of the of Death of December, apart from the prologue. They meet in McDonald's. That's how they meet. <laughs> Why aren't you sponsored yet? Why aren't I don't you? Know. I don't understand. We could do a few more, I think, Imagine. and then they'll start giving out my books with Happy Meals. But I'm not sure. What <gasps> <I do. laughs> Adult version of a Happy Meal. Yeah, well, that'd be a breakfast be... then. It had to be a breakfast meal with <sighs> a crime novel attached. Oh my god! They should do a, a campaign. You should write. Oh my god! Okay, your next book, your next Christmas book in McDonald's. <laughs> every you have to collect every chapter of the book with oh. a meal. That's a good idea. That'd be amazing. That would be great. You have to get like, yeah, a certain number of breakfasts to get each chapter. Yeah. I would get oh. all the breakfasts to get all the chapters, definitely. I don't know when. 100%. <laughs> okay. McDonald's, you're not listening to this, but we need to get them to listen to this. Yeah. And this could I think be... This could be, yeah. I think this could be massive. This could be better than any of the other promos that anyone gets. Like a McDonald's book promo yeah. has to be the pinnacle. Yeah, the, forget the cost of book price yeah. or whatever. <laughs> the McDonald's serialization of your book. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh my Genius. God. <laughs> Come on. And you can have the golden arch nemesis of your yes. detectives. I think you've thought, you've thought about this too much. It just came to me. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just spitball. We're just, we're just brainstorming. We're just brainstorming. But uh, okay, there's a lot of potential here. If you need, need help with a pitch... Yeah, let me know. <laughs> in touch. <laughs> Thank you. She blocks me on yeah. everything. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I'm going to ask you 
one of our newer questions that we've started asking because I really love it. You've obviously written, as you say, you've written across a, a variety of genres. You've written, well, in subgenres and categories, and you've written a lot of books. What's a line that you've written either lately or in your canon that you're really proud of? Well, it's hard to pick just one, I'm sure. I actually have put this on a bit of paper because I was going to read it, but it isn't just a line, it's like a little paragraph. Perfect. Right. That's Love cool. that. Uh, well, there's there's actually I had two choices for this, right? But one of them I don't need to do now because it was about McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've already I pushed the sponsorship angle. McDonald's, so yeah. we'll do the other one. <laughs> Um, so this little paragraph was both my agent and my editor's favourite line, uh, like mini paragraph in the whole book, and I've I've tweaked it a little bit to remove spoiler spoilers. Perfect. Okay. Anyway, it's very short. She runs towards him, then a blur of red shouts into his face. You disgust me, police. He says again, this time more clearly. I'm police. She pulls back as if she's been slapped. Then her face looms in closer again, a slow smile spreading across it. You might well be, but you're still a man. Nice. I got chills then. So good. (laughs) Yeah, that's a line to be proud of for sure. Yes, it kind of sums up the book, I think. Yeah. Just one little line. So, yes, I quite like that. But the thing is, my writing's not like, I'm not like fancy. I'm very kind of real lifey type stuff and wisecracky. That's just. That's me. So <laughs> I like that. You're wise and cracky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, you should totally read your own audiobooks. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't think I could do it because I, yes. I think it would take me about three days to do half a book. And they're meant to do them, they're meant to do a whole book in two days or something, I think. Oh, That's if you need Sarah ridiculous. to step in with some of the harder words, let me know. Dub <laughs> me in, it's fine. <laughs> Oh God, no, I just think it's really hard. I've done like recordings. I did a little recording thing before of a couple of chapters or something and it just seems to take forever. I just oh, yeah. do it. You've got a great voice though. It's very, very soothing voice. Well, actually, voice. I was just saying today, my husband mentioned that James Blunt's fake memoir comes out this week on the same day as my book, by the way. But I actually think oh. he's really funny and he's narrating his own book. So I think I'm going to have to get the audio of that. I think that'll be worth it. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I don't know how we went from McDonald's to James Blunt, but there you go. What a what a journey we're on together. The important this is... topics. <laughs> yes, very much. And having written so many books now and still writing many more, hopefully to come, we always like to ask about the writing process mm. and what you like most about it and what you like least about it. What I like most is easy. That's the coming up with the ideas, developing them. Getting McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> McDonald's sometimes in Costa. Go there too. They also have good breakfast <laughs> options. <laughs> I, I talked about my breakfast. When I was actually, I'm going to name drop now, right? So I did um, oh. I did Loose Ends Radio a few years ago uh, with Clive Anderson. Is that his name? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. From whose line is it anyway? Yes. Legend. And yep. um, it was the uh, when Violet came out. So I got that through my lovely publicist, um, Sophie Goodfellow just another name drop there and uh, <laughs> Richard Armitage was there now so at the ah. time I didn't know who he was like seriously so I haven't watched Game of Thrones he was in that yeah no nope. wasn't he something he was in some oh no he he was something similar but yeah okay whatever whatever but very been. handsome sexy man yeah I hadn't I didn't know who he was so at the time in this he was in two things one he was in 
um, one of the Channel 5 things, the Harlan Coben adaptations. And he's also yes. had a play in London. So he was kind of there to promote both of those things. And he came in and he was all kind of cool in a black hoodie and he had his publicist and whatever. And um, me and Sophie were just kind of like skipping around the place and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and at the beginning of it, before they started recording, just to kind of warm up, um, Clive said to everyone, just tell everyone what you had for breakfast. So you see where this is going <laughs> um, I love this. <laughs> I went, I had a dirty McDonald's for breakfast. It was the best. And Richard Armitage just like looked at me. He was like, "You can get breakfast in McDonald's." And I went, "Yeah, you can <laughs> sausage and egg muffin." And I was explaining it, and he was like, "Oh, that's really interesting. I might get one." And I was thinking afterwards, like, "How has he never had one? What planet, what planet is he, he living on?" However, now I wish I'd brought that up. I, I saw him again at Harrogate this year because obviously he's got a book out and he was doing <laughs> stuff there. And I was thinking I should have mentioned it. Has have you had a McDonald's yet? Because I feel like you're missing out. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand because <laughs> surely he travels a lot. I know you would think. So I don't know. I don't know. Also, wow. don't know how we got onto that name dropping story. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about breakfast a lot. I think it I was. Think. Uh, well, we're talking about ideas. So we were talking about um, writing process. Ideas, yes. Writing process. Yeah. So uh, yeah, coming up with stuff, developing it. That's the best part. Absolutely the best part. I love it. I've got a big list of things I want to write, all different formats of things like short stories, novels, different genres, even like non-crime stuff, screenplays, everything. I've got millions of things. I come up with ideas almost every day and I'd have to just send them to myself and put them there for like, I know I'll be like Barbara Cartland. I'll be writing when I'm like 80 (laughs) and dictating it from my chaise. (laughs) The the worst side, I would say actually uh, writing, you know, just sitting down and writing and start at that starting point, I really struggle with. So even though I do outline a plan, it's still just getting down and just getting that first bit out. And a lot of people find that the most exciting part, but I actually find that the hardest part. And I need to kind of get myself into it. And then once I get into it, it's fine. Then I'll keep going. And I usually then write a draft very quickly because I kind of just like blast it out. But sometimes it takes me a long, long time just to actually start. I just keep putting it off and putting it off until it becomes really difficult and my deadline shrinks from nine months to nine days and I'm like okay I better write it now <laughs> Oof. I, I, I think that's quite a relatable answer do you tend to do like a book a year yeah pretty much Ish. I've had yeah. two books a year twice which once both the Christmas ones have been, wow. happened when there's been another book so this year I've got that and 2017 I had that but normally yeah book a year but I don't know why it takes a year because I, I draft them. Like I said, I draft really quickly, but I think I do a lot of thinking time. And then editing's usually quickly, but it's the back and forth bit of like sending it in, waiting for the editor to come back to you. Then you get your time to do it. And then you, all those bits, the actual bit is short, but all the bits around it just take a really long time. Mm. And then every single time, I think I'll start this earlier so that I'm not like pushing it <laughs> every single time that doesn't happen so that's clearly just my process it works for you yeah, yeah it's done you okay so far it's done you okay know. but it's yeah. just always stressful like someone told me i can't remember who did this I, I don't know if it was it might have been carly taylor i'm not sure but it said that they keep a diary of when they're right of when they're writing and how they feel when they're writing it i'm not sure it was carly I, I can't remember but i thought this is a great idea because you will always find you get to the same point every single book and think i can't do it I'm breaking my contract. I'm moving to a <laughs> tropical island on my own with the internet. You go through the same things every time. And I think it would be helpful to probably see that in black and white on your own uh, things to say, remember this happens at 20,000 words. Don't panic. Yeah. That's a really interesting thing. 
Do you know, I actually can recommend an app if you don't want to write write it down. There's one an app called How We Feel. Oh. I've not actually used it before, but it was recommended to me. But you can like track how you're feeling at certain points of the day. And then you can get graphs and oh. stuff. At, at the, and like it does it with all the data and stuff for you. So it's oh, quite interesting. data and graphs. That's what I do in my day job as a statistician. <laughs> a statistician. Yes, statistician. exactly. <laughs> there you go. You nailed it now. I know. Got it. <laughs> What's the French for statistician? Do you think? <laughs> <The> statistician. <laughs> ah, oui. Statistician. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I said. <laughs> Are you ever tempted to write in genres other than this sort of, um, I guess, overarching thriller genre? You mentioned you have other ideas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got a couple of ideas for more sort of whatever it's called these days, women's fiction-y type, romance mm. things, that kind of thing. Mm. But they still have a bit of a darkness in them. But that's because there isn't any, I don't believe there's any kind of uh, thing that doesn't have a bit of darkness in it. I mean... I can't yeah. the really, really cosy, fluffy books that are pink and got cakes on. I just can't. I just can't relate to that. It's not me. But I'll happily read a romance that's got a bit of a, some sort of disastrous thing happened in it and then <laughs> other things happened. Yeah. That's more yeah. realistic. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got like, I've got some ideas for those sorts of things where the, um, hmm. people who get together after sort of bad stuff has happened at some point, that sort of thing. And then like something really more horror Like So I, I, I started off writing horror short stories and then kind of became more like my first three books. My first book, in fact, had a bit more, it was a bit more horror. There was a kind of a bit of a supernaturally hint in it a little bit. And I thought that's where I was going. But then I just kind of changed. Like, it's weird once you get published, you do kind of change a little bit what you think you're going to do. And I, I really admire people who remain published and remain able to do exactly what they want. And like, you, you have to get to a certain level to be able to do something like that. And it's great. And I'm kind of like, I'm not at that level, but I'm kind of doing that anyway, because I just think I can't put myself into a mould. And if I want to do different stuff, I will. And, uh, you know, I'd love to write a kid's book, um, like a kid's horror book, you know, like those um, <gasps> ones you used to read yes. in like 10, the sort of like Goosebumps type. Yes. Like Point horror. Yeah. <sighs> do yes. it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Oh, you'd be so good at that, Susie. Oh, don't know. I'm really going to have to would. put that on my list. I've already got a mask. Do it. Email it Yay. to yourself now. Put it on the list. <laughs> and I'm curious as well. So obviously you have a, there's a, a ambition to try some new things. Do you read quite broadly as well then? I actually read less broadly than I used to. So I always tell people this, that back in the days when there was Borders books and they used to have yes. loads of tables of really random stuff. So like when you go into... Waterstones now is great, but it's not the same as Borders. Borders had a real kind of skill of putting stuff so random that you would never have bought it if you hadn't seen it on that table. <laughs> and I used to go in and they had three for twos all the time. So every month when I got paid, I would go in and buy two sets of three for two, so six books a month of whatever. And I would read absolutely anything. I'd pick them on the covers or what size they were, because I might have picked a couple of big ones and pick a smaller one, all sorts of random ways of choosing. And I read lots of really, really different things. And now I don't read like that at all. Now I read mostly on recommendations from friends. And most of my friends these days are crime writers. So a lot of the stuff I get recommended is dark stuff. Then I pepper it in with some um, romance palate cleansers, as I call them. I sent one to, I sent one to my sister's recommendation a while back and she's like, this is not your kind of book. And I went, I know, I just secretly read them when I need to kind of get <laughs> So yeah. yeah, kind of that kind of thing. And it's like, it's just, I don't know, I would, I would like to read more literary stuff, but the problem is I have a very short attention span and I feel like a lot, the few that I've maybe tried have maybe not grabbed me enough 
And I, I, I like really nice writing, but if it's, it sounds really bad, but if it's too difficult, if I have to think too much about what I'm reading, I immediately switch off because I read for fun at the end of the day. I've got two jobs. I don't yeah. really have time yeah. to then try and digest someone who's decided not to use punctuation just for kicks. So I, yeah, I don't yeah. have those. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably a bit more limited now. I probably read more of those when I was younger and I was more kind of willing to just literally read anything. But yeah, I mean, I'm always reading something and yeah, many things. <laughs> hmm. That's good. Do you read one book at a time or do you have multiple on the go at the same time? Mostly one book at a time because what tends to happen is um, if I start reading something and for whatever reason I still I didn't grab me or I got distracted, I put it down and start reading something else. I think I'll go back to it. And then quite often I don't. And I read on Kindle. Yeah. I read mostly on Kindle. Yeah. And so it's quite easy to your books just to disappear and you forget that they're there. And then you you search for something and you find, and you're like, oh, I was reading that like three months ago and then like bring it back. So sometimes I do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then I've, I've tried some, sometimes I read more than one. If I've got, a, if I am reading a hard paperback or a hardback or an audio, then I'll probably have a Kindle one as well, just for different things. And yeah, I've tried, mm. I've, I've tried to get more into audio. Some things I find work quite well for me in audio. Some things I just don't really like that much. I think I drift off a little bit. Um, the first yeah. time I ever tried an audio book, uh, me and my sisters bought one. This was years and years ago when they were like like 47 tapes in a box. And yes. um, I think we got to yeah. the first, the end of the first side of the tape and we were all sound asleep. So I didn't really work. <laughs> and it was an Ian Rankin book. And so that's, there's nothing to do with the book. It was just the, the nice voice talking to us, just kind of soothing yeah. you to sleep. Yeah. I, I personally find with audiobooks, I can only really do biography or autobiography because I, I wanted to be the person who wrote it, reading it to me, which is another yeah. reason why you should do your own narration because it's, technically it's not not uh, autobiography, but it would still be you reading it. So. Yeah, maybe I could just do an autobiography just for you, just so that I could do it. <gasps> Please! <laughs> oh my God, this diary that you're going to keep about all of your, your stress. Please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> write that and narrate it for me specifically. Okay, and I would absolutely love that. I also think that you should start. I a little while ago bought a job lot of point horror books, and I've oh, been, I yes. pick those up every now and then. Yes, do it, Susie. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, right actually, right <laughs> I think I might do that. You know, I honestly think I might because they're yes. small. Although they're not anymore. They're very small. That's the thing. Those books used to, were quite small, but now yeah. everything's big. Like all the kids' books and stuff. I mean, Harry Potter seven. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought kids had no attention span. Like TikTok yeah. is like short. I know, but then you see the books. <laughs> if you go and look at the books, they they look like adult books. Or yeah, that's the thing as well. Gosh. I can't read big books anymore. Like, you know, so when I started off reading like Stephen King, I can't read those mm. now. I found out the stand was over a thousand pages or something, and I was like, no, Jesus. Yeah, I, it does. I have to admit, as you say, when you're time poor, like you are, and you have so much to do, and, and there's always I find a little bit of guilt when I'm just relaxing reading a book when I'm thinking mm. all the other things I should do. You can't be like, well, I'm going to commit how many hours yeah. to this chunky beast <laughs> yeah. of a book? I'm sure it's amazing, but yeah, bloody no, hell. Totally that's a... I, want some, I just want to read something fast and I read it at night yeah. and I just want to go to bed and I just want to be able to read like half a book in a night and then the other half. And I want to just read like that. And if yeah. that doesn't happen, I lose interest because it's just not working. But yeah. No, I get it. What was the last book then? If you're, if you're reading a lot, what was the last book that you read and loved? Well, I read a debut. I've got it. But it might be backwards if I show it to you. Is it backwards? That's okay. Yeah. 
Oh, no, I can see it. It's this first body. So it's called Deadly Animals by Marie Tierney. It's out next year and um, it's just incredible. Have you read this, Frankie? Because you would love it. No. So the main character is a 13-year-old girl who's obsessed with roadkill. and (laughs) can relate. (laughs) (laughs) She, um, But she's obsessed with anatomy. So she's basically, she's got a little book and she goes, when she finds roadkill, she goes and she kind of like documents what's happening to the body as it decomposes. It's really interesting. And then inevitably she finds a real body, a a human. But then the brilliant part is she then calls it into the police and then she becomes like a kind of police helper. Oh my God, that's like a dream life for a 13-year-old. stuff happening and she's got insight into stuff because of the way the bodies are found or whatever. She's because of her knowledge of... um, De- decomposition, decomposition or whatever yeah it's really wow. good oh no that sounds great that sounds like that that character could really have gone either way right she could have gone down that route or like the jeffrey Dahmer, yeah no <laughs> playing with with skins no, and things and jars. it's very much um it's been compared to mo hader and linda Ooh. bauer and that's spot on because wow. the, the first belinda bauer book i read which was blacklands was kind of what inspired me to actually write crime dark crime because i just love that 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 book's about a a kid who's writing to a serial killer um in prison and then he gets out of prison so yeah but it's really great (laughs) because it's really good like the the kid's point of view in that is really good and in the adult oh wow and that's that's what this one is it's exactly the same sort of thing as like a young teen but she's interacting in the adult world because she's very kind of you know she's got a very interesting life and um yeah, it's just really good. Wow, that sounds great. Sarah looks horrified because she's a bit funny about <laughs> dead animal things. Not one for the dead animals, but that's right up Frankie Street. Yeah, I love that. That sounds incredible. Definitely have to pick that <laughs> one up. Is it time, Sarah? It's oh, time. No. <sighs> We're having such a nice chat as well. Susie, look, this is the awkward part of the podcast now. <laughs> and I don't really know how to bring this up, but look, you've committed a horrible crime, Susie. Let's just put it out on the table. You know what you've done. <laughs> We all know you've done it. Uh, so this is your time, Susie Holiday, SJI Holiday, all your names, to confess. What terrible crime have you committed to warrant, spoiler alert, getting the death penalty? Oh my God. <gasps> I know, it really escalated it very escalated. quickly. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um, mm. well, I didn't. You seemed really nice, so I don't know. Well, it's weird. you know... When you were saying about my autobiography and I said I wasn't going to write one, <laughs> well, the party season is kind of... Uh, <gasps> I love you're it. You're wearing sequins. I am oh wearing sequins. I mean, I gave you a clue God. right from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> wow. And wow. the party girl is a scientist in real life, you know, so that's kind of what I do. I work <gasps> in clinical research. She works... She's a statistician. She's not a statistician, <laughs> but she, she works in clinical research. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, what can I say? How? Wow. Love that. Oh my God, all of the pieces. You know, like it's when like the Kaiser Soze moment, exactly. I'm suddenly seeing flashes of, of this conversation flying past my... I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. That kind of does make sense why you've got the penalty <laughs> You know, very, very empathetic towards your, what you've been through and that's awful, but the the result has not been good with the whole no, killing it's fair the enough, men I think. thing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> very, still very sad because you're a nice person. You're not all bad. We know that. But you have been sentenced to death. But the good news is we'll get you the death row meal of your dreams. Yay. 
result. Well, <laughs> what would your death row meal be? Right, well, it's not McDonald's. Okay, cancel oh. that. Cancel that order. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the morning of your execution, we can get you a, a sneaky breakfast. Well, actually, yeah. If I can have more than one meal in the day, like if my execution's sure. later in the day, then I think yeah, the morning would be the sausage egg muffin, hash brown, orange juice. That's fine. Yes, yeah. perfect. And I'll sneak in a sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, no, to... no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Um, that will kill her I think off. Actually, if that happened, I would possibly try to hang myself in my cell. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, culinary equivalent of cyanide capsule. Yeah, that's not. Oh, that's okay. Um, and that for the main course, I actually thought about this in quite a lot of detail. So I would Brilliant. like a starter of cream of mushroom soup with cheesy bread mm-hmm. and some little bits of cheese sliced on the side. Just that. Then it's I would like nice. a full roast with at least three Yorkshire puddings and cauliflower cheese. Well done. What kind of meat? Beef. Lovely, yeah. very rare beef. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, that tracks. <laughs> um, and done. then I'd like a Black Forest Gatto for dessert. Oh, yeah. And We've not had a Black Forest well, Gatto. That's a good Black show. Forest Gatto, most definitely. And then, actually, I'm having a little cheese board at the end as well. You've got to. Yeah. Wow. I have to say... What a day. I mean, terrible that it's ending in your death, but that's, that's a really good day in terms Glorious. of food. Actually, it's not bad. Worst ways to go. There's quite a lot of cheese and that's the main thing. Mm. Yes. Not to Dairy get too good. into the detail. Well done. But uh, what veggies are you having with the roast? Uh, well, the cauliflower cheese, but also carrots, yeah. some cabbage. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit of broccoli, but the the long ones, like the tender stem, not the little ones. Oh yeah, fancy roasted, really good yeah, roasted. Yeah, roasted. Yes, and obviously lots of roast potatoes. Yeah, um, yes, goes without saying. <sighs> Gravy. Oh, I'm starving now. Yeah, I know. This is, this is torture. <laughs> great, great menu. Well done. Yeah, solid choices. Mm. I wish we were having roast for dinner. <laughs> Go out and get a Black Forest Gatto. I haven't had one of those in years. Oh, it's so good. My mum makes a really yeah. good one. She does make them for my birthday because uh, I like oh. I don't like... So everyone in my family likes trifle. I don't like trifle. Why would you like trifle? It's just mushed things in a bowl. Like, no. But Black Forest okay. Gatto, that's the perfect dessert, in my opinion. We'll get your mum in to come and make it yeah. for you in the prison if you oh, want. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be happy to do that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a nice final day with her daughter. Perfect. All right. We'll, uh, we'll drive her in. Lovely. Okay, well... <laughs> great meal unfortunately mm, you've been put to death very sad hey sarah you've been practicing sympathy because that was quite warm for you that was the warmest she's ever done it susie been watching some youtube videos on empathy and you know (laughs) practicing in the mirror (laughs) mirroring the facial expressions (laughs) yeah perfect but one final piece of good news we will bury you with the book of your choice which book are you taking with you well i could have taken the uh deadly animals because that's really good but no i'm going to take this which also is out next year have you seen this have you read this i've heard of it so this is amazing so this is it's the the first book that i've read for years and years and years that made me think i want to read that again because normally now like i said about time i'm like i'm not i don't have time to reread books and this one is just so good. It's a mother and daughter relationship. And I mean, there's a clue in the whole, like the blood and whatever, and what, you know, it's a bit of a vampire situation and it's just so good because it's not really that. So just like um, we're talking about stuff of mine, it's like, it's not really about killing men. There's like, there's more to it. 
this is not really about killing men either. It is, but there's so much more to it. And it's incredible. Like, it's just the relationship. I mean, he's written these characters so well. And the only bad thing about it is, it's the first of a trilogy. And I read oh. the end of it and I was like, no. You have to wait I'm gonna now. I'm going to have to wait a really long Arr. time because this is not out until next autumn, I don't think. So then oh. the other one will obviously be another year from that so it's going to be so i will have to read it again because i'll have to remind myself but it's really really good wow well we'll uh, post the other two down to you okay that's so fine and also, the trilogy. i was also thinking like because it's a vampire book it's kind of a good book to take when you're dead because you know maybe you're mm. not dead pick up maybe some tips you're not dead you know, Fiona Cummins said chose a vampire-related book as well for that reason oh, to come back she? to life. Clever. I think you guys might have hacked the system <laughs> there a bit, <laughs> which is quite impressive. Yeah, and if alternatively, as Sarah says, if you don't come back to life, we'll uh, we'll we'll bury the new ones yeah, in as they're released fair. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, such good book recommendations in this. I'm going to have to go and uh, do some browsing. Yeah, well, maybe not the first one for me. (laughs) Such Um, a wuss. Yes, I am. (laughs) Susie, it's been such a bloody pleasure to have you on. It really has. Thank you. You're welcome. That was fun. It's super fun. Where can people follow you online? Well, there's so many places now. So many. Uh, on well, on Twitter slash X, whatever it's called. I am SGI Holiday. That's easy to find. Facebook, also that. Instagram, I'm Susie J Holiday because I think I actually messed up my own handle there many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Easily done. I like that though. And then I'm also on Blue Sky. I don't know. You can find me on there. And I'm I'm kind of not on Threads. I keep deactivating Threads because I'm not sure about Threads. But yes, and also my website is SGI Holiday. You'll find me there, and just generally all over the place. Google me. That's My niece has started Googling me. She's like, do you know you're all over the internet? I was like, yes, I do know. Unfortunately, I am. Oh. I'm kind of a big deal. So yeah, <laughs> that is not a surprise. So yes, good idea. We'll put, the, we'll put all of the links to all of those that you've said in the old description so people can find you. And Sarah, where can people find us? You can find us at Red and Berry Podcast on all the social medias, I understand. Ish, yeah. We're on Blue Sky Threads, all of those ones too. I don't even know what half of these are anymore. (laughs) Or you can email us at redandberriedpodcast at gmail.com. The old-fashioned way. email. Such a modern woman. So proud. (laughs) I know. know. And just, again, Susie, thank you so much. Been a bloody pleasure. When is the fantastic book out that people can buy it it's out on the 26th i don't know when this is going out it's out on the 26th in um ebook and audio and it's out in paperback on the 9th of november amazing wow well thanks for listening everyone we'll be back soon with another episode and we we've done a lot of these now susan we never know how to end <laughs> the episodes <laughs> you just cut off just go dead like you just <gasps> make a noise of a phone you know an old phone hang up i oh, love dun- that yeah the dial tone yeah, okay dial tone, that's it i couldn't think of the words Right, okay, well, let's give that a go, shall we? One hundred years since Nosferatu first terrified audiences on the big screen. Thirty years since Francis Ford Coppola gave us Bram Stoker's Dracula. And, um, ten years since Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp. Vampire Videos is a podcast taking a look at this iconic blood-sucking monster on film and television. 
I'm Dan Owen. And I'm Hugh McStay. And we're here to guide you through a century of vampirism on film. From Hollywood's golden age with Bela Lugosi as Count Dracula. To the more lurid hammer horrors of the 60s and 70s starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Through to the 80s boom in vampires which brought these creatures of the night into the modern age. And everything this century's had to offer us. From foreign and independent films, spoof comedies and even teenage love stories. Yes, I'm talking about Twilight. We aim to cover it all one bite at a time. So join us on a voyage into the depths of vampire cinema, old and new, with weekly guests offering their own insights and expertise. And why not follow us on Twitter, at Vamp Videos. A proud part of the We Made This Podcast Network, subscribe now to Vampire Videos and thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.